Welcome to our Streams International Ministry Podcast with Prophet Jared Nusulu, PhD, and Prophetess Gabriella Nusulu. Experience prophetic revelation teachings, personal prophecies, healing, deliverance, breakthrough. You are now listening to a teaching recorded at one of our live church services. This month is the month of Jesus Christ in eternity. What we'll be looking at in this month is who Jesus is in the light of eternity. Now, it's so important to understand our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because many Christians, many believers, the only knowledge we have about Christ and what we normally preach on most is who he was when he walked on earth. We haven't taken time to explore who he is after his resurrection. But you see, who you are today in Christ is dependent on who he is in eternity. Who you are in Christ is dependent on who he is in eternity. And the other problem is you cannot know exactly who you are now until you begin to understand who Christ is in his eternal realm. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? So, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. The book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to read from verse 14 to 16. Okay, let's go to 17 since that's the one you love. Don't you love verse number 17? (laughs) 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 to 17. The Bible says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge, that if one died for all, then when all dead. And if, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yeah, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. The, now our popular verse. Therefore, which is a conclusion, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. All right. So I want you to notice that verse number 17, which most of us we know by heart by now, it's a conclusion. The Bible says, therefore, which is a conclusion. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. I want you to notice the secret here that the new creatureness, which the Bible is talking about here, is coming from the fact that this person, this man, is in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So, in other words, we need to begin to go deep and understand 
What makes a person in Christ to be a new creature? Very, very important. Why are you becoming a new creature? What is the difference between when Christ was on earth and now that Christ is in heaven? What is the difference? Now, the difference is hidden in the verses that I've just read for you here. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we are all dead. You see, the dying of Christ was not the dying of one man. The death of Christ was the death of the whole world. When Christ died in that one death, the whole world died with Christ. Every person who is a human being died with Christ in that one death. My goodness, I don't know whether you're hearing me. Are you hearing me? Oh, yes. And this is an amazing love. Because the dying of Jesus was not just dying of one person. He died on behalf of everybody. So that death was not a death of one person. He didn't just die as him as one person. He died seven billion deaths. I know you're thinking, what are you talking about? No, he died seven billion deaths in that one death. In our thinking, we only think about, oh, Jesus died, that's it. No, there was, a big, there was, there was something bigger about the dying of Christ in that death. There was something bigger. It wasn't just a simple, normal death of one person. No. The Bible tells us very clear that for the love of Christ constraineth us. Because we thus judge. We've come to a conclusion. This is amazing love. He died not only on, him, on, on, on his behalf, but he died for me, for another person, for you, for you, for you, for you. So in other words, what we're dealing with here is a death that was multiplied, not just a single death. It was a death that, that encompassed so many deaths in itself. Oh my goodness. And this is the love of Christ. He loved us so much that he allowed himself to die, not just to die to pay for your sins, but to die on your behalf. So if there are 7 billion people on earth today, 7 point whatever billion people, he died that many deaths for each one of us because he didn't die for humanity as a group. He didn't die for humanity as a race. He died for each one of us as a person, individual deaths. Oh my goodness. I think I'm going too deep. So, in the human perspective, we can think about it as oh, a normal death. He died, that's it. He died for me, that's it. Now, when you say he died for me, it's not the fact that he died on your behalf. No, he died your death. I don't know whether you have, you have heard what I've said. Oh, yes. He died your personal, individual death. So, if there are two million people on earth, he died two million deaths. If there are 7.4 billion people on earth today, he died 7.4 billion deaths because he died for each one of us. Not on behalf of each one of us, but he died our deaths. The 7.4 billion deaths. 
He died for each one of us. So the Bible says, for the love of Christ constraineth us. In other words, each one of us can see how much love Jesus had. If he was going to do it over and over and over, by now he should have died 7.4 billion times. But in the one death, he died that many times. Someone say, Amen. Amen. <laughs> you say, We've got enough reason to say thank you, Jesus. You've got a personal reason to say thank you, Jesus. I know we can tell him thank you, Jesus, as humanity. But I know after this revelation, you're going to have a personal reason on why you can say thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes. Someone say, Power. Power. And then the Bible says, and that he died for, uh, for all, that they which live should not henceforth live for themselves, live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them, and rose again. Can you see now? When you become born again, then the Bible says, since he died on your behalf, he took your death, and he died on the cross, in that death which you should have been the one dying. Because of that, now that you are alive, now that we are born again, the Bible says you ought to live now for Christ. So in other words, oh my goodness, Kendos Tarabahase. When the Bible says you need to live for Christ, it's saying now you need to reciprocate. Oh, is that the right way? Reciprocate. Reciprocate. Uh -huh, that one. Yeah, that one. Can you say it again? Reciprocate. Aha. <laughs> Me, I only know my mother tongue. <laughs> you ought to do likewise Jesus took your death he died on your behalf now that you are born again the Bible says you ought to live for him oh my goodness he died for you he took your place and he died an individual death for each one of us now that you are born again now that you are alive in Christ the Bible says you ought to live the life of Christ. So in other words, if there are 2 million people who are born again on earth today, they ought to be 2 million Christs <laughs> who are living the life of Christ. <laughs> hey! Hey! Say neighbor. Neighbor. Hey! Hey! Powerful, powerful, powerful. You see, we, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The way we understand Christianity is so wrong. So wrong. So wrong. You see, after you are born again, Jesus took your place and he died on your behalf. Now the Bible says, because of that, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. Don't live like a Malawian. Don't live like a Fijian. Don't live like a Scottish. Don't live like a Tongan. It's now time you live like a Christian. Why? Because Jesus, when he was dying, he didn't die as just himself. He died exactly like you. The pain he went through was the pain that you should have gone through yourself as a person. Are you hearing me? So now that you are living, you are not living a life for yourself. You are living his life. Oh my goodness. You are now existing in his state. You are now the Christ. Are you hearing me? So if there are 2 billion people who are born again here on earth today, they ought individually to be 2 billion Christs. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, Jesus Christ, this is too deep for many of you. 
Oh, but pro no prophet, I'm just me. You are not just you. You, the life you are living today is not for you. It's not for yourself. You are not living for yourself. You are not living for you. You are living on behalf of Christ. So when people look at you, they need to see Christ in you. Because the life you are living now, you are living on the behalf of another. And that another is Christ. The way Jesus went to the cross on the behalf of another. And that another was the one that you were before you became born again. My goodness. Look at it. And he that died, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto which died for them, and rose again. Someone say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now watch this. Verse number 16. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yeah, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know him no more. I want you to notice something very important here. Now, watch this. In other words, after you are born again, there is a supplanting. There is a removal of who you used to be before you became born again. And there's now a planting in of a new identity. This identity is the identity of Christ. There's a supplanting of the old life that you got from your father and your mother. And now there's a new life that God puts inside of you. And this is not the life of Christ. I'm not talking about the life that Jesus had when he was walking on earth. I'm talking about the resurrection life. Someone said the resurrection life. Resurrection life. One more time. Resurrection life. One more time. Resurrection life. Now, this is huge. It's huge. Why? Because the life that Jesus had before he went to the cross... And the life that he had after his resurrection are two different types of lives. The resurrection life is a life that can never die again. The resurrection life is a life of God inside of you. The resurrection life is a life that you shall have aha, for aha, eternity. It is an eternal life. It is the life of God inside a human being. Am I talking to someone right here? Oh, yeah. Wherefore, henceforth, you know we know man after the flesh. So, in other words, the life that you received from your father and your mother that came with you when you were born, that life is removed from inside of you. And God supplants that life with a new life, the life of Christ. That's why you cannot live for yourself anymore. Why? Because you don't have a life of your own. You can't say, this is my life. I'm going to live my way. I'm going to do things my way. Uh-uh. That life is gone. The one that you had that you could live on your terms, your way, the way you wanted to live it. That life is gone. Now you've got a different life in you. It is the life of Christ. And you can't afford it to live the life of Christ anyhow you want to live. Oh my goodness, I don't know what they're hearing me. Oh, yes. You have to live the life of Christ as the life of Christ. The way he himself would have loved to live it. That's how you ought to live it. Are you hearing me? Oh yes. Hey, wherefore henceforth know we no man after what? The flesh. Yeah, though we have known Christ of the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. So in other words, when we look at Christ today, the way we understand him, the way we know him, is different from the way we used to know Jesus when he walked on earth. We knew him as the son of Mary. We knew him as the son of Joseph. We knew him 
someone has, has no, who was born in Nazareth. We knew him as someone who had brothers and sisters. Are you hearing me? But now that he is resurrected, we don't know him again with that identity of humanity. We only have one identity that we know him with now. And that is the identity of God. And that is the resurrection identity of Christ. That's why when he resurrected, the Bible says he could begin to walk through walls. He walked through walls without even any limitation. He did things that were beyond the things he did before he resurrected. Why? Because the life he had in him was now a resurrection life. It was now a different life. Are you hearing me, somebody? And that's why God had to wait for him to resurrect before you could be born again. Oh, yes. Because God wanted you to be born with the resurrection life. Someone say, Amen. Amen. Just put your hand on your head. Say, I have. I have the, resur the resurrection life. The resurrection life in me. In me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I have. I have the resurrection life. The resurrection life in me. In me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I don't know whether you are here. We are following, Papa. I, I wish we could see things from the from the eyes of the Spirit. That being born again, there is a loss of an identity. You lose the identity that you had before you became born again. The act of being born again is an act of shedding off a past. It's an act of shedding off an identity. And you embrace a new identity. And that identity is the identity of Christ. And the life that you live after you become born again is no longer for yourself. It's no longer for you. It is no longer for your culture. It is no longer for where you came from. It is no longer for the people that you grew up with. After you become born again, you live on behalf of another. And that another is Christ. That's what the Bible says. And that he died for all. That they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. But unto him which died for them and rose again. The way Jesus was your representation on that cross. The way Jesus was your representation in that hell. He is sending you today to go and become his representation out there in the world. Wherever you go, I want you to remember this thing that I'm telling you today. You don't have a life of yourself. You don't have a life of your own. You know how people say, ah, no, I don't care. I can do whatever I want to do. I can choose whatever I want to choose. No, that's ignorance gone on a, ramp on a rampage. That's being ignorant. When you understand what I'm explaining to you today, then you also understand that you don't have a life of yourself. You don't have a life of your own. The life that you have is the life of Christ. It is a borrowed life from Christ. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? It's not your own life. It is a life of Christ. Now, there's a way you ought to live that life of Christ. There's a way you ought to live that life. You can't just live it anyhow, carelessly, you know, doing all, the, all sorts of stuff, speaking all sorts of languages, speaking all sorts of things. No, a million times, no. Now that you are born again, now that you're a child of God, you shed off that old man, that old identity. It's gone. It's over. 
Now Christ has given you a new identity. It is an identity in himself. You are now living the life of Christ. Now what are the implications of what I'm sharing with you now? You see now verse number 17. That's now the conclusion. Therefore if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You see now why the Bible calls a new creature? It calls you a new creature because the old man is passed away. The old man is gone. The old identity is gone. It is finished, done, and dusted away. You've got a new identity in Christ. There is a new person has come into being. This person is not carrying human life. This person is carrying the divine life of Christ. This person is not carrying the human life anymore. This person is a carrier of the resurrection life. The life of Christ. Someone say yes. Yes. Now, if you were talking to a Jew... Okay, if you're talking to a Jew about being a new creature, a Jew would be shocked a lot. A Jew would be shocked because the Jews understood that there shall be a life after the Messiah has come. Okay, there shall be a new life after the Messiah has come. And for a Jew, they are still looking forward to that life. That shall be after the Messiah has come to rule the earth. A life eternal. An endless life. So for a Jew, hearing you saying that you've got that life now, <laughs> it's a shock to a Jew. It's a big, big, big shock. You see, I want you to begin to see yourself beyond your human eyes. That there is a person inside of you. There is a life inside of you. And that is the resurrection life. And the life that you have now is the exact life that people shall have when the Messiah comes back to rule the earth physically. Are you hearing me? And you are a foretester. You are foretesting this life. You are enjoying this life before that life has come. You are participating in the resurrection life of Christ. Before this life has been revealed to the rest of the world. You are testing it before everyone else has it. I think this is an amazing thing. When God allows you to enjoy what others are waiting for. When God allows you to walk in what others are just dreaming about. The Jews are still dreaming about this life. They are still singing about this life. But you, it is your present day experience. You have it now. You are enjoying it now. You are walking in it now. You are participating in it now. Someone say yes. Yes. Praise the name of Jesus. Karabadesh terebekezo. Rico sanda mande jen kribinoza. Dos kalabando arapakatesh terebekezo. Rika suta tosh karamande. Eratia azeta vakamando. Are you here, someone? Oh, yes. We are give, here. Me, give me Second Corinthians chapter 4, 16 to 18. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18. Let's read together. One, two, three, go. For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Ah, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I don't know whether you saw that one. You see, the Bible tells you that there are two beings here. 
that are being referred to. The outward man and the inward man. And these two men, they are going in two opposite directions. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Go deeper, Baba. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. These two people are going in two opposite what? Directions. The outward man is going in the direction of decay. The inward man is going in the direction of being better and better and better and better every single day. <laughs> hey! Hey! This is huge. Big difference. The inward man is being renewed every single day. And the outward man is decaying more and more every single day. For which cause we faint not. So in other words, we may be going through challenges. We may be going through difficult times. Those difficult times are only affecting the outward man. They are not touching the inward man. The inward man is going in the opposite direction. The outward man is the one who is being touched by aging. So if you are looking yourself in the mirror, don't look at me. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Look at my hair. Oh no. No. Hey, listen. That is only the outward man. He is going in the direction of decay. But the Bible says the inward man is being renewed day by day. That's why you've had people who have gone to, to heaven. They are saying, you know, in heaven everyone is young. We don't know why everyone in, in heaven is young. You, you don't get old. <laughs> you perpetually remain young. Why? Because there's a power of renewal. There's a power of renovation. Every single day you go through a process of renovation. Every single day you go through a process of renewal. Am I talking to someone right here? Oh, Say yes. Oh, yes. Hey. 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 Are you following me? We are following. For which cause we faint not. So in other words, the fainting can happen to a person if you focus and you get fixated on the outward man. You can faint. You can faint. Are you hearing me? You can faint if you get focused and your mind gets fixated on the outward man. You can faint. There are so many problems, so many challenges, so many things, so many things going wrong, so many things going in the wrong direction. But listen to me, those things, they can only affect the outward man. The inward man is not affected by any of them. And in fact, the inward man is getting better by the day. He's getting renovated by the day. He's getting renewed by the day. Am I talking to somebody right here? Oh, yes. Hey! 17 says what? For our light affects 
affliction which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory where we look not at the things which are seen. Are you hearing me? So the things which are seen are temporary. The things which are seen which is the outward man and everything we see on the outward side. All these things they are temporary. For oh my goodness. While we look not. So in other words God is telling you you need to begin to fix your eyes on the inner man. Keep your eyes on the inward man. Keep your eyes on the one who is inside of you because that one has got the glory of God. That one has got the life of God inside of him. Am I talking to somebody here? Say yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. Do not look at yourself based on the outward man. Look at yourself based on the inward man. Well, we look not at the things which are seen. What things are seen? We are looking at the decay which is in the world. We are looking at the decay which is happening in the outward man. We are looking at the age which is happening in the outward man. We are looking at the struggles which are happening in the outward man. We are looking at the straightness which is happening in the outward man. We are looking at the local down which is happening on the outward man. Are you hearing me? Because the inward man can never be locked down, can never be locked up, can never be locked away. It doesn't matter what kind of a locking may do are you hearing me the inward man is beyond any kind of locking <laughs> oh yes someone said power power well we look not at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are what temporal but the things which are not seen are what eternal so in other words the inward man is eternal the inward man has no limitation. The inward man has no boundary. The inward man is perpetual. The inward man is everlasting. Am I talking to somebody right here? The inward man. My goodness. This inward man has got the resurrection life of Christ. So how will life look like if your focus is on the inward man? How will life look like if your focus is on the inward man? How will life look like if you live from the inside out? Do you know our problem? We live outside in. <laughs> God desires you to live from where? The inside out. How will life look like? If you begin to live your life inside out. Oh my goodness. What kind of a person shall you be? The moment you begin to live your life from inside out. What kind of a language shall you be speaking? The moment you begin to live your life from inside out. What kind of love are you going to show? The moment you begin to live your life from inside out. What kind of relationships are you going to have? The moment you begin to live your life from inside out. What kind of prayers are you going to be praying? The moment you, live, you begin to live your life from inside out. Am I talking to somebody right here? Oh, yes. You discover that life takes on a different meaning altogether. You see? That's why this month, we've got the whole month, the month of July. I'm going to spend more time explaining to you Christ in eternity. Because the more you understand Christ in eternity, the more you're going to begin to understand who you are in that Christ. 
Because now that you are born again, you can never be separated from the love of God. It doesn't matter what comes your way. You can never, ever, ever be separated from the love of God. Am I talking to somebody right here? Oh, yes. You can never, ever be separated from the love of God. No matter what, no matter what, no matter what, you'll never be separated again from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. You are with the Christ, whether you live, you are with the Christ, whether you, this, this outward man perishes, you are with the Christ. It makes no difference at all. There's not no ever a day when you'll be separated from this resurrection life that is inside of you. No one can take it out. No one can carry it even if they may sow you in pieces and boil in a pot, it doesn't matter because one thing is certain, one thing is so clear. You've got the resurrection life in you and this is the life of Christ in which no man can ever kill. Am I talking to somebody right here? Oh, yeah. Because we are living in the days when things are looking very crazy. Very, very crazy. Don't be moved. Don't be shaken. Don't be confounded. Things may look crazy. You've got the resurrection life inside of you. Be unshakable. Be immovable. Even if it means to lay down your life, lay down your life happily. Because the life you're laying down is not a life that they can kill. They can boil your flesh. They can cut your flesh asunder. Am I talking to somebody right here? But inside there's a new man who has got the resurrection life. Yeah. Someone say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Power. Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. Just rise on your feet right now. Just rise on your feet. Rise on your feet. Say, oh Lord. Oh Lord. I thank you. I thank you. For the resurrection life. For the resurrection life. That I have. That I have. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. To keep in touch with our ministry, visit our website at www.streams.org.au and follow us on all social media platforms at streams.international. It is a blessing to share with you all our prophetic revelation teachings and it's our prayer to see you transform into mature sons of God. Share this podcast with your friends and family. Be blessed and until next time, Shalom.